the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Lifeline with Andy Froyland. They've let me out of my cage, and I get to do it again. <laughs> and and the, the powers that be, we've got, well, Craig Roberts especially, he's locked up in his closet. Uh, we've got his mouth taped and his hands taped as well so i figure it'll be two hours before he can get out of that and chew, then, way, chew his way through the tape yeah. yeah exactly and and by that time we'll be long gone and this program will have been over in the meantime it is lifeline and uh hi andy froyland here uh the goofball waving at you with his thumb in his fingers we um every fourth friday sometimes fifth we uh spend some time with pastor phil howard it is our uh, last Friday of the month, um, uh, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Uh, but uh, Pastor Phil isn't here today. So. No, he is not. No, he's not. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're much more handsome. I, I agree with that. Shh, <laughs> we won't. We, we've, uh, we made sure that Chuck put stuff in his ears. Okay. So, so Phil can't hear that. So he's not offended. Yeah. But I yeah, agree. You, you, you're, you're much more dapper than he is. I'm not um, going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree with that. Now, as far as wisdom, that's a whole... No. <laughs> that is... Well, you get one or the other. So. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. can't have both around here. Uh, um, no, we uh, we do have Larry uh, Howard joining us here tonight. And then uh, Tim Valstrom joins us as well. Yes, I do. Yeah. And uh, so we'll tell you about him a little bit here in just a few minutes. In fact, why don't we go ahead and do that now, Larry? Yeah, let me... If you could do the introductions I'll, I'll and all that fun stuff. I'll introduce Tim. Tim has yeah. uh, been an elder at Valley for about 25 years now or somewhere in that neighborhood. He can maybe correct that if he knows the exact dates. But he's been an elder. He uh, functioned as executive pastor for Valley for... Was that 10 years? Six years. Six years. Six years. It felt like 10 to him, but it was six. <laughs> and so he functioned as our uh, executive pastor here for six years and uh, retired. And he's now chairman of our elders here at Valley. Uh, very astute, very loving man, uh, very caring of the flock. And uh, people that know the Lord, people that don't. He's just a really uh, genuine guy. And uh, we've watched him. Um, uh, he was a single for a long time, went through a divorce at a point. And stayed single, unmarried for a, the oh, probably 15 years. Was that Tim? And the Lord provided him with a beautiful wife called Diana, and um, and a set of twins after that. So I'm like, man, oh, I dear. hope my wife stays alive a lot longer. Um, <laughs> I don't want to have twins <laughs> anyway. But anyway, so that's Tim Volstrom, chairman of our elders, and um, uh, Tim and I have had a, a, a wonderful relationship working together in the church as elders and on staff together when Pastor Phil was still our, our uh, senior pastor at that time. And right. so we've had some great things we've worked through, some really, uh, really uh, wonderful things where we had to just completely fall on our face, depend on the Lord. And uh, the wonderful part of that is watching God show up and then do. And Tim's one of those guys, loves to pray, loves to be in the Word. And so 
That's, so that's Tim Valstrom. So, he, so he's a Christian then. He's definitely a Christian. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. There's a couple of a couple of those telltale signs. Yeah, best as I can tell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who um, for those who've been around longer than ten years, uh, which is probably nobody, uh, one of the things I when I was the host of this show on a regular basis, we usually reserved Fridays for what I used to call a uh, a spiritual sorbet. Because we're usually talking about a, a variety of issues throughout the week, and Craig does a masterful job doing that. And uh, it, the Fridays, the Friday programs always allowed us a chance to just take a break, cleanse the spiritual palate, if you were, and spend time talking about Jesus, and just kind of recenter everything, and move into the weekend with a nice, Amen. fresh uh, approach to life. And so that's what tonight is all about, especially with. Everything going on in the news today—a huge day today. We're going to take a—we're going to take a break from all of that, and we're going to spend some time talking about Jesus, specifically and uniquely. Um, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, that's the—that's kind of the title that you and I came up with, um, and, and we want to approach that in several ways. What—what what am I doing here? What are we as a body doing here? What is Valley Bible Church doing here? Right. And I think, you know, we'll be able to tie that off in a nice, neat little heavenly bow, if you will. Yeah, unfortunately for us to really fully explore that, it'd take us more than the two hours we're going to be here. We're going to do our best. I think they're going to fly by so quick. They always (laughs) do. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, we happen to be going through that right now in our church. Um, We're looking at... we, we. we have a preaching team here, and so our preaching team was together, and uh, we've been talking about this. What is the local church here for? What are what are we here for? What are we doing here? And so um, uh, Tim actually kicked that series off for us, and um, him and uh, another pastor that uh, has joined us, I think since the last time I was with you, Andy, we have a guy named Todd Bolton that's associate pastor for us here in charge of our Christian education in adults area. And... Um, Fine young man, very learned and educated. So we want to keep him away from here. Um, I don't want. He'll he'll make us look bad. He'll show us up and show us what we're really made of. Exactly. But uh, they they came up with that that title of what are we doing here? What why are we here? What is the whole purpose for us? And so we said, hey, let's look at that from the local church level. And when you look at it now, church wide. It, it works too as the individuals, mm-hmm. but as far as a local church assembly, what are we doing here? And at Valley, we we landed on five E's, and we exalt, evangelize, enfold, equip, and enlist. Those are our five E's, and all of that points toward uh, and puts us in an educational pattern, let's say, that says we're going to know Christ and share His love passionately. So that's up to us, not just as a local church, but that's up to you and me to do that also. Right. And so we're educating in that area. So we're, we're happy to be going through that. And so why are we here? Well, um, I am studied up for a sermon uh, day after tomorrow. And so I don't want to preach my whole sermon to you guys right now. But we will get sneak peeks. <laughs> you're gonna, I'm afraid you're gonna, it's going to bleed out of me a little bit. But because um, I happen to be doing one of the sermons on evangelism and um you know, we've all been commanded to uh, be his witnesses. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes up on you in Acts 1-8 there, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And so um, that is an exclusive thing to everybody that's a believer. Yeah. It wasn't written to the local church. 
But as local church, it's our job as elders, as pastors, to train our people how to do that. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we're going through right now. And um, my particular thing I'm going to be doing is um, ambassadors of reconciliation, Second yeah. Corinthians 5. And so you will hear it throughout this whole show probably because I won't be able to not talk about it. But, you know, we're just that's that's kind of the direction that we're going as a church. And I'm like, for the guy that's driving home from work right now, and he's had a hard day, and he's fighting traffic, and all of the regular things of life, and he's a believer, he's probably saying, what am I doing here? Right. Because I've I, I done that. I think we've all done that at some point. And you go, oh, you have a higher calling than driving on that freeway. Yeah. That you have to do to pay your bills. We get that. But don't lose sight of the other things that you're supposed to be doing. Well, and there's, okay, so there's the believer who's struggling with identity, sure. for lack of another term. But there's also, uh, I know we've got listeners who are, are, are searching, and they're right. looking. Right. And and that is the, that's the penultimate question, isn't it? It is. What am I here for? What am I, yeah. what's it, what's it all about, what's Alfie, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That sounds um, like a song or something. Yeah. Some kind of movie line or yeah. something, who yeah. knows. But hopefully, as we go through tonight here on Lifeline, uh, we'll try and unpack some of those sure. things and, and help you get some identity to you, yeah. help you understand what, what it's all about and why you are here. Uh, the Bible isn't ambiguous about this, is it? it, it it's not. It's pretty it's straightforward. God, God doesn't kind of couch this stuff in, in uh, subtleties, does he? No, he doesn't. You know, it's interesting, and Tim, you can jump in anytime you, you feel led to do so, but I think that I did a sermon a while back and um, for that for that person in the car that doesn't hasn't completely understood who Christ is, let's say, right. maybe they're maybe the Lord's dealing with them, but they haven't fully grasped it. You know, they haven't placed their real faith, that trust faith. Um, I did this sermon a while back that says, I don't expect you to have blind faith. I, I really don't. There's so much evidence. Yeah about who Christ is and who he was when he walked on the face of the earth. He continues to be that. He's just no longer walking on the face of the earth. And I look at that and I think, okay, listen, I'm not asking you just to accept it because I'm saying it or because Andy or Tim or whoever is saying it. We have so much evidence scripturally. And if you don't believe in the Bible, you need to probably just do a survey of how we got the Bible and see how real it is. Yeah. See how far back it goes. See how many copies of it there are. And when you walk through that, you just you come up with this whole thing of, okay, I don't know if I can explain it fully, but it has to be. Yeah. That's what you kind of come down to. So I just think in that aspect, you know. All right. That's okay. kind of where we're headed. All know? right. And and those five E's again? Five E's. Uh, number one we do is we say we're going we're gonna to exalt Christ. We're going to exalt the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do uh, evangelizing. And then we want to enfold. Obviously, we, we go out and evangelize. Now we're going to enfold en, those people. En, enfold? Enfold. E-N. E-N, yes. yes. Well, yes. It, it, it follows it. Enfold. It's the five E's. <laughs> yes. yeah, Not yes. unfold. <laughs> Not unfold. Enfold. Get, get them in and fold them in. <laughs> in. Isn't that with an I-N? No, no it's an it's E for e, us. E for us. Okay. It's five E's for us. Uh-huh. Okay, right. It's yeah. fellowship and care. Fellowship yeah. and care. But that doesn't fit the five E's. That's why it's in fold. It's, That's why it's, it's in fold. It's the four E's okay, and, so, and F and... <laughs> so here's the deal. So on that, um, you have to remember that we had a, um, a gentleman that came up with these E's uh-huh. that um, was a Greek and Hebrew uh, freak. 
Okay. And uh, he's the one who came up with those, and that's that uh, happens okay. to be Phil Howard. So if you want to take it up, you take it up with him. We we just bought into it. We figure, hey, there's he's probably a, there's probably an E in Greek or something that I'll, makes it work. I'll take your word for it, but he's not as good looking <laughs> as you. So. I, well, we've already, <laughs> we've already established that. Okay, so enfold is three. Yeah, enfold, and then we say we're going to equip. Equip. Okay. So we're going to equip you, and then we're going to enlist you to serve. Enlist. Yeah, enlist. All right. So and they all they all kind of build on each other if you look at it. Okay, you know? well that's the direction that we're going to take tonight yeah. here on Lifeline. Wonderful. Then. So we'll take a look at some of these E's and hopefully answer some questions for you tonight as you spend a few minutes with us on your commute home. We need to take our first time out here on Lifeline, but we'll uh, pay some bills and come back and continue the conversation with Larry and Tim here on our Truth for Today edition of Lifeline. Right now off to the KF. Well, we're going off to the KFAX Commercial Center. <laughs> for a, a look at some commercials. And now, back to Lifeline. And welcome back. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Uh, Pastor Larry Howard joining us along with Tim Valstrom. And uh, we are here, uh, actually, at uh, Valley Bible Church in Hercules, uh, the semi-Northern Command for the KFAX studios tonight, and it, it, we're glad to have you with us tonight. We are talking about uh, one simple question and uh, answering that question, actually. What are we here for? Why are we here? And, and we're looking at that in, in a variety of aspects, and I, I think the best place to start is right there with that first E that we discussed just before the break, and that is what is, and, and really, at the end of the day, what we're asking and answering is uh, Westminster uh, confession number one. It is. What is sure. the chief end of man, yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. So on that first one, on that exalt, uh, I'm going to pull Tim in and I, I want to ask him to forgive me because when I introduced him, I didn't I didn't identify him as a pastor. He's actually, he was our executive pastor retired, but he still has that title as a, as a pastor, but he's also chairman of our elders. But Tim just spoke... Um, couple weeks ago about exalting Christ and about exalting the Lord and how that fits into the local church and how that how we should all be doing that individually there's lots of commandments that were given in scripture that are for the church but you don't get away from them as an individual right it says when you come together do these things but it also means I should be exalting him when I'm not with anyone and by myself I should be able to exalt him but Tim did a marvelous job of putting that together so I'm going to segue and let him speak. I promised Tim that he would actually get to talk tonight, so that means I need to be quiet for a minute. So, well, Tim? that's fine, Larry. I'm, well, used, thank I'm you. used to this. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Tim. Moving on now. What we, oh. <laughs> Back on, uh, on to evangelism. <laughs> you, you, didn't, you didn't specify how long. <laughs> no. You know, I'm so used to this. <laughs> speak quickly, Tim. <laughs> no, exalting uh, Christ. It's a wonderful thing because I think a lot of us know, and as you read the Psalms, any one of the Psalms, David was continually exalting God. And it's something we can do as individuals for sure. But I think in, in Psalm 34, 3 is one of the key yeah. verses for us. And that is, O magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. God says something magnificent happens when his family gets together and exalts the name of Christ. And he, I think, attends in a special way. So the Christian church, I think when people show up to your church service and Christ is not being exalted, something definitely is missing. Mm -hmm. And one of the key witnesses for Christ in this world is the difference it makes in our lives. 
And so as we go to church and as we sit there, no one can worship for us. God says, though, Jesus told the people in Israel, if you guys don't worship and cry out, the rocks will. Yeah. Because he is worthy yeah. of our praise and of our exaltation. He's the only one worthy of our praise and exaltation. So I think it's important for us to know that, when, especially as we went through this COVID thing, people were, for a lot of valid reasons, were separated and isolated. And that's not good for a flock. Everybody knows that they've watched a nature channel. The isolated sheep is not really taken good care of. Mm-mm. It actually gets picked off by the wolf. Yeah. So God's flock needs to assemble. And one of the things that it does that produces courage and joy and peace in the body is worshiping God together. And I think we, we miss that. We say, well, I could worship God at home or in the woods. Well, yes, you can, but you don't get the same effect as when you're gathered with God's people. It's koinonia fellowship, isn't it? It is. We, 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 that is so essential, and I, I, our church has lost that. I mean, in many respects, if I could use literary license, that's like tangible grace, isn't it? It is. And I think one of the things that I, one of the books I really liked was, uh, I think it's called Jewels from Tozer. Um, Tozer was an amazing writer, and one of the things he said was, worship is the missing jewel of the church. Church gets together and it accomplishes an agenda. They sing songs, they do things, they take an offering, but Christ is not worshiped and exalted. And it's the missing jewel. Is Christ welcome at our services? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is, is he the highlight? And to qualify this, when we use that word worship, we're not saying two songs, announcements, a song, prayer, a song, and then a sermon. Right. A- and, and isolating those songs as our worship. Correct. No. Yeah. Right. yeah. Absolutely. Explain oh. that further. Well, I, I, one of the things <laughs> we worship God, we believe we worship. Scripture teaches us that we worship and sacrifice to God through our offerings. We, when we say you are worthy of receiving what I have and more, when we sing songs, when we proclaim His greatness, that's what exaltation means. It means to promote, to make great. We, we tell the world how great our Savior really is. And they say, there must be something to this, because they keep saying he's great. Um, we, we, Tony the Tiger can tell you that uh, Frosted Flakes are great, and every kid knows that. Yeah. Okay, but do we say Christ is great? Because he is. Well, the other thing is we worship through our listening of messages and sermons, because we say your word is worth listening to. It's worth studying and hearing and reflecting on and changing our lives. All of service should be a worship service. That's why we call them worship services. It's not just because of the music. Some people have really great music, but they don't worship. Right. Right. We, and we just say, you know, another way of saying that is it's valuable. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is valuable. We're, we're going to take the time to study it, to proclaim it, because he's worth us doing that. That's that worth value terminology that happens yeah. there, you know. So Martin Luther touched on this in his doctrine of vocation as well when he said that the woman who is milking the cow to the glory of God is just as important and glorifying to God as the man who would stand in the pulpit and Amen. preach. Amen. Yes. Amen. Completely so agree with every that. Every aspect of our yep. life yep. is an aspect and element of worship if we are ascribing it to the Lord, are we not? Absolutely. Well, I completely agree. What with does that. scripture say? Whether you eat or drink, do all. 
Yeah. To the glory. To the glory of God. Of God. Yeah. So it's kind of so that's that's where we start with with exalt, and then I think one of the greatest ways of exalting him is to share who he is with people. That yeah. shows the value of who he is, and to be able to share that. And so what we do at Valley is we say, um, if you bring your friends, if you bring your neighbor who's an unsaved individual, they're they're going to hear the gospel yeah. at Valley. Well, you're, you'll hear that throughout our pulpit. Um, and you'll hear it in our Sunday school classes. We have a summer, summer night camp going on right now as we speak. They're upstairs, and hopefully you're not hearing them. But um, they haven't really got going yet, but they will be sh- shortly. And, um, you know, that for us, that's the picture of it. We are, But what we're responsible as leaders to do is to train you how to do that job. So if you bring them here, yeah, we're going to do everything we can. But that does not let you escape as an individual to do evangelizing. You're supposed to evangelize. And one of the reasons that I'm so adamant about that, and I think Tim is, and I know Todd is, and I think our elders are, is I I want you to get the joy of sharing Christ with people. And, and, uh, you know, Piper wrote this wonderful book called We Are Not Professionals. I'm not a professional evangelist. I'm just an evangelist. I just do evangelizing because he said I'm supposed to do that. Okay, and I love doing it. It's it's a wonderful thing. There's nothing more exciting to me than doing that. But you know, we our responsibility as leadership in the church is to train the church how to do that. Yeah. And um, you know, I love it. My uh, my grandson and Tim's son. This shows. <laughs> sorry to do that, Tim. But his son and my grandson are in the same school together, and they've got a wonderful guy, uh, Charlie Nason. He's a pastor at another church locally, and he's the Bible teacher for this school. And um, he's spent most of the, this year training them on how to share their faith. Yeah. Now, would we say, well, bring them to school so we can get them safe for you? No. Yeah. We want to train people so they can do it themselves. Yeah. And so that's why evangelizing is so huge in in, uh, in what we say is one of our E's because you right. should be doing that. And you are the church. And this, at the so, end of the day, this all exalts Christ. It exalts yes. Christ. Every one of these is going to head back to exalt. Exactly. And so we, we're going to take another time out here in just a moment. But um, it, during the break, be thinking about this, uh, still under the heading of exalt, uh, touching back on that Westminster Q&A 1, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him, enjoy him forever. forever. See, and that's I want to touch on that enjoy. And in fact, it was Jonathan Edwards who subtly shifted that. He says to, uh, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoy enjoying him. him. Yeah. So let's let's explore that okay. element a bit on the other side of this break. Right now, let's, take, let's do just that. Let's take yeah. a quick time out, and we'll come back as Lifeline continues here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Oh boy, I tell you what, it it reminds me of um, uh, the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain, man. If folks only knew what was going on during the commercial time, <laughs> we're having a lot of fun, is what's we, happening there. I tell you what, it's uh, what you talked about right before we were leaving about the joy, right? Exactly, yeah. and that is where I want to pick up where we left off is. Uh, under this heading of exalting Christ, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, we are called to evangelize, but it's not. It, yes, we are commanded to, and yes, we are to obey. But if we rightly understand our relationship with Jesus, um, it becomes more of a delight than a duty, doesn't it? It is. It is. It's. Um, I. I think sometimes I. I wonder about. Um, I just had a conversation with a young man because we're talking about evangelism. And so um, 
trying to make sure that when we when we teach on evangelism that we don't make people feel guilty that it's a privilege that you get to share right and so you know the lord did this thing to me and i'm going to blame it on him because i don't have any idea where it would have come from otherwise but you know sometimes you're um you become a little cotton mouthed whenever you realize that you're about to share christ with somebody you know you're like whoa i'm about to share jesus with somebody i hope i don't mess this up you know, that type of an attitude. And um, he was saying that you get so guilty that you didn't do it, then you don't do it again because now you feel guilt-ridden by not about not doing it. I'm like, well, once you get to the point where you just go, oh, no, this is fun. I like doing this. And um, Pastor Todd last week, uh, as I'm being reminded, I'm being a little bit rebuked by these brothers in the room that <laughs> I said it's command that we it's commanded that we share Christ with people, and it is. Yeah, you it legalist. is legalist. Yeah, I'm a legalist there. <laughs> but Pastor just uh, Pastor Todd did a wonderful job last week with this passage out of First Peter two there, where he explains who we are in Christ, and then he comes around and he says that you may share the excellencies of who he is yeah that you you get to in other words because of your position and who and everything he's done for you and the passage i'm going to speak on on sunday i said i wouldn't preach but i'm not i'm just going to share a little bit of it he says what motivates you to become an ambassador well it's the love of christ that motivates me and i'm convinced in verse 14 of second corinthians 5 he says that Christ loves us, we know that, so that motivates us to want to be the ambassador, and we're convinced of everything that we are in him. Yeah. Well, if you get convinced about what he's done for you and everything that you've become, it's nothing but a joy to share about him. Yeah. You know, And you think about it, Andy, if you had the winning lottery numbers, you'd want to share it with people you love. Yeah. You would, you would say, hey, you've got to play these numbers. If, if, Not if, that if, Christians play the lottery. Don't get me wrong on right, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, say, say my older brother uh, gets called up to the bigs, and, and now he's a, a, a baseball star. Now, I'm going to be letting everybody know. You tell that. everybody, yeah. Look at my, that's my brother, My big man. brother. That like guy out there, that's <laughs> yeah, my brother. Yeah. I've been redeemed. Oh. I have been saved. I've been set yeah. free. Yeah. I have been set on a hill. I have been targeted for the eternity of heaven by my elder brother try and stop me yeah about talking about that you take you go ahead you try and stop me it ain't gonna happen right. yeah I, well i don't think we have to worry about it because you're convinced <laughs> right well, and so i'm well, convinced so, and i yeah. think tim is convinced but we, and, see i think we fight still and we have to realize we fight a spiritual battle we absolutely do. see we have an enemy that really wants us to shut up about jesus yep and he'll give us every reason to try and that's what you say but if you focus on the delight of Jesus. Uh-huh. It's a lot harder to shut down. If it's on guilt, well, I could probably get shut down pretty fast. Right. But you, we have no trouble. My dad used to say, I have no trouble telling my neighbor about a great set of tires that will last 80,000 miles. I can tell everybody I know that these are great tires. You should go buy them. Right. Or uh, uh, this diet. I've tried this diet. And we're really thrilled when they go ahead and try the same diet. We, we're just we're excited. But Jesus comes up, our mouth just kind of shuts down and because we haven't got the joy that you guys are talking about. We haven't got this delight that I want to brag on this older brother, my Savior, the one that has guaranteed my passage to heaven. He can do the same for you. And once you do that and you take it out of the realm of duty 
or the realm of guilt or the is something that you're so excited about, try to shut yourself up. Yeah. You can't. No. Yeah. Not at all. And well, it reminds me of the book that uh, John Piper wrote. Um, just a little tiny book. You could probably read it in about 45 minutes. It's called The Dangerous Duty of Delight. Ooh. Do I delight in him because I just delight in him, or is it a duty for me to delight in him? And it reminds me of the, if I want to give my wife a kiss, or I want to get a kiss from her, I hope it's not a duty to her. Yeah. I hope she delights in that. If yeah. not, then why do it? Yeah. You know, and so that's that kind of a mental perspective. And so, um, and then to think about, to be an ambassador of Christ, to be able to represent him represent what he would say, you know, the truth of things. That's just now, not, not, I'm, I'm truly feeling like a brother at that point, not just an ambassador, but this is my big brother. I can tell you about him. You yeah. know, it's, it's just a different scenario. So to get our people into that and get them to understand that this is a way of those five E's, this is how you know Christ and share his love passionately. That's our overall goal. And all of this brings glory to God. Which Absolutely. Exalts God. Exalts him. And we're back to exalting all yeah. the time. And the, the thing you have to ask yourself is what kind of advertising am I for my God? Yeah. I mean, if, am I convinced or am I not? Yeah. Well, if I become a Christian, will I be like you? And this is how you love your God? <laughs> well, I think I might pass. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, but if I'm so excited about it, it's you can see it's making me happy down to my core. And you're saying, well, I would love to have some of that. In my life, this world does not have enough joy, does not have enough hope, no. does not have enough peace, and Jesus provides them in abundance. Yeah, and see, and and that's the challenge. So many people, they want the peace of God, but they fail to get the peace with God, to get the peace of God. Romans five one, right? We 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 want to bypass the essential step that gives you the abundance of what you're looking for to begin with, and they fall short every time. Every time. Yeah. Instead of changing anything to make me have that abundance, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't that, make any sense at all. Yeah. It doesn't. And you know, I'm going to say this, and then you guys can correct me, but I'm I'm finding out at my age now, and and I've known it for a while, but obedience always brings joy and blessing. It just always does. And so, but how you look at obedience is critical. If you look at it as I've got to obey because God says I have to. Yeah. It's, it's not an if then. Right. No, it's, I'm, I want to obey because it's such a beautiful thing to do. And you know, he's never more pleased than when you're right in the middle of his will with to, your life. You to know. try and obey with a heart of stone is impossible. It's impossible. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. It doesn't work. But when the when that little hammer of grace hits the, oh knee, the kneecap of your soul, <laughs> there's a reaction. Your foot's going to come up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. When yeah. grace, when no, grace no hits, doubt. you're going to respond. No and it's going to be a delight. Let me share something. If I How much time do I have? Do I have enough time you've to got, share something? You've got two minutes, Pastor. Uh, I think I can do that. <clears throat> so I had this uh, experience last night in summer night camp. I was uh, praying at the end of the night. They have you know, different ones come up and pray, and the children can come up. We had a young man come up. I'd say he's 11. And he says, um, he was very troubled. And he says, look, my mom and dad say I have to believe it this way or I'm going to go to hell. 
But I'm hearing, I have to believe in Jesus over here. And if I don't, I can go to hell. Which is it? Hmm. And I'm like, okay, how do we how do we address that with this an eleven? This kid's serious. He's thinking. Oh, he's and and then talk to different ones that he talked to during the evening. He asked some very serious, sober, very like adult questions. So you know what? I for me, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to try and talk against your mom and dad right now. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me just get to that. If we can just, I said, you've got enough information during the summer night camp to know about Jesus enough that you're now questioning, what do I do with this? So that is God convicting you. I'm, if you're not ready to make this step, okay, I'm not going to push you into that. That has to be a God thing. I, I can't do that. But what I can promise you is that I'll continue to pray for you, that God will continue the work that he started. But you talk about, it's totally nothing I expected to be praying for. Right. And I'm expecting, you know, the typical 11-year-old child to come up and I'm getting asked questions like an adult. You know, I'm like, good <laughs> night. And then the pressure of that little boy. You, th- yeah. you think of that. I'm like, oh my, oh my. It, and guess what? His soul is at battle. Yeah. It's at risk. Well, and you know? that, and and exactly that takes us from exalting Christ uh, to continuing to exalt through evangelism, exactly, and, which is what you've just explained. Exactly. So we're going to take a time out, and when we come back, we'll move on to that second E of evangelism, mm-hmm. as we continue here on our Truth for Today edition of Lifeline. And let me just tell you about Lifeline, all right? And Truth for Today. Let me let me put my peepers on so I can make sure I get the times right and everything because. This is the Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Did I mention that? Truth For Today? Yeah, Truth For Today is a radio program featuring Pastor Phil Howard, who's on Truth For Today. And he is the the, the order of Truth For Today. And you can listen to Truth For Today. (laughs) Oh, poor Chuck, man. Is it Truth For Today that we're talking about? Truth For Today. I thought so. Truly speaking, it is. Uh, Truthfully, yes. Really and truly, we're speaking about Truth For Today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you, you got to know that our producer Chuck is sitting over here. Going, now, don't forget to tell him about Truth Where For Today. So we're going to tell you about Truth For Today, which can be heard Monday through Friday here on KFAX, 5.30 in the morning, Sunday mornings at 8.30. It's a great way to wake up and get things going, get the Amen. day started with Pastor Phil Howard on, what was the program again? Um, uh, Truth For Today. Truth For Today. Yeah, really and truly, it was Truth For Today. Really and truly, Truth For Today. So there sure. you go. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline here this Last Friday of the month, something we like to do around here on KFAX and on Lifeline. We'll take a quick time out, pay some bills, and we'll come back as Lifeline continues right here on KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. This is Andy Froyland. It's Lifeline, along with uh, Larry Howard joining us tonight, Tim uh, Valstrom. Eventually, I get it. You you and I were old enough to know that the brain ain't what it used to be, right? You got to write all this stuff down. So about another 10 years. I I know, right? What's your name again? What's your name again? (laughs) What was the name of that? Show we were promoting our truth uh, for today uh, podcast. Time for time for yesterday. Truth, uh, <laughs> truth, truth for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. So, 
it's falling apart. Uh, they're they're leaving the ship in droves, ladies and gentlemen. It is Lifeline tonight here on KFAX. Andy Froyland in, along with uh, Pastor Larry Howard and Tim Falstrom. They are joining us here tonight as we are talking about the one big question. Why are we here? Mm. What's it all about? Why do you exist? Uh, why do you exist as a person? Why do you exist as a Christian? Why do you exist as a community of Christians? And so we're exploring all of these because they, they really entwine one another. And once you get one or two of these answers, the rest of them really start falling into place. And, of course, the chief reason of it all has been to exalt God, to glorify him. Yeah. Second to that, as we work through these five E's that kind of help us chart a course through all of this, is evangelism. Uh, and, and really, if you properly understand what it means to exalt Christ and, and the gift you've been given in new life to actually be able to do that, this evangelism, evangelism actually flows out of that, doesn't it? It does. It does. Tim was saying earlier that you know, evangelism is just a big word for um, sharing good news. Yeah. You know, the good news. And we use terms like gospel and things like that. And, you know, we, it's a famous thing. We would ask a, a, someone that's asking, let's say they're trying to become a member here at Valley. We would ask them, so can you tell us what the gospel is? And they'd say, Matthew, Mark, Mark Luke, Luke <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, how can we ask that differently? You know? <laughs> and so um, it's something that we do from the pulpit a lot. You know, we use these Christian-esque words. And so I'm glad that Tim actually said that because some people that are listening to us right now might go, what is evangelism? Well, it's just sharing the good news. And so Jesus Christ, um, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And so, um, and it's, I think it's the number one thing we're here for. It really is. It's, it's um, sharing the good news. And it's uh, Paul, Paul said it in first Corinthians 15 there and, uh, 15, 1 through 4, where he talks about we brought the good news to you. It's what you believed in. It's what you put your faith in, unless you believed in vain. But he says, and then he, and then he describes that. It's the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and he gives a definition of it. That's So our job is to evangelize, uh, to tell that good news. And you, you touched on this earlier tonight, Tim, when you talked about your dad going, I have no problem telling somebody about these great tires right. or this amazing diet. And, and really, you know, say say we found a cure for cancer. Man, who's going to hide that? I'm going to want to shout that from the rooftops. Go, come and get it. You know, here you go. It, look, it's a cure. This will take care of it. That's that's evangelizing. It is. Well, see, it's, we've lost a little bit of the drive because I think there's a certain thing that happens to Christians, and it's unfortunate. It's kind of like we Jesus said, you kind of lose your first love. You, you kind of – it becomes old hat. Um, you lose some of the excitement of how you were when you first got saved, and you realize the miraculous transformation that was taking place in your life. And it was hard to shut you up. In fact, you might have been uh, ostracized from many of your friend groups if you talked about Jesus too much. But now, once you get used to it, it's like, now I have to work on why is he so great again? Um, <laughs> let me Let me ask you something. On that note, then, and, and I'll let you explore this with, with Larry as well. I'm reminded of the verse, he who is forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. Question, the gospel that most churches in current cultural America present, is that one of the issues that 
gives us the, in other words, if we do come to faith in Christ, we come in a very shallow manner. We don't really get the grasp of how deep our sin is. And so we don't love as much as we probably should, and it eventually fades. Is that is that I kind th- of what I you're saying? I think that's a fair statement. I think what happens is if you don't realize we are rotten to the core, no matter how good we look next to our neighbor, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We have no hope of accepting Christ or God unless he makes us alive. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't tempt a dead man enough with millions of dollars. If you don't realize you were dead, just as dead as the next guy, just yeah. as dead as the guy who was the ax murderer, just as dead as anybody else, no matter what sin labels you put on them, you had the same disease and it kills you. Now, if God's going to resurrect you, you had to be resurrected just as far. We have this silly notion that God has to reach a lesser distance to reach me. Because, right. I, I, you know, he had to reach way down to get Paul, uh, Apostle Paul. Man. But, yeah. you know, he murdered Christians. But me, I was a pretty good dude. He only had to reach a little way to get me. And that's so wrong. And, see, that gives us that cheap believism, that sense of, well, I was almost there on my own. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, uh, I've used this illustration in times past. Um, if you, if you take a look at what it took to redeem you, you begin to understand just how deep you really are in your sin and trespasses. And the illustration is when, when Dahmer was arrested, remember? Mm-hmm. And they stuck him in prison. And one of the big issues was there was a million dollar bail, a million bucks. And back then that was huge. About five cells down, there's a guy who's in there for shoplifting. Bail is set at $500. Our bail was the death of Jesus. How bad was our sin, really? I mean, Dolmer was a very evil guy. I mean, really? We all know who he is. And his bail was set at a million. Our bail was set at the innocent man, the Lord Jesus Christ, dying on a cross. I must have been really, really bad. Yeah, I don't think there's a price tag on that one. There isn't. There really isn't, is there? It's the ultimate. And I think, and, and I guess the challenge is for leadership in churches these days to return to that to that truth. We've got to get back to letting folks know how bad they are. Yeah. You know, I I, I think we've started using this opaque peach-colored backdrop to show off a diamond when a jeweler knows that it is the black velvet that only does a, ju- a diamond justice. Right. <laughs> right, I agree. I think that, um, you know, I, it's it's trying to present the gospel to somebody who desperately needs it without telling them the consequences if they don't accept it. Yeah. And that's what we've done a little bit in, in our, in I won't say locally we've done it, but I think I see it in the church quite a bit where Everyone seems to be uh, afraid, I guess is a term, or concerned in our politically correct world that we live in. What I found out in a politically correct world is that nothing's politically correct. Mm -mm. No. Absolutely nothing you could say is politically correct. But at the risk of having people... That was politically incorrect, by the way. Yes, it was completely incorrect (laughs) for me. But what what happens is very interesting to me is, and I, I make this statement, I don't make it lightly... I'm concerned about people that are truly believers in Jesus Christ that won't share their faith. Um, I have this deal, and I'm sorry, I know we're on radio, but I, I just said it while we were meeting even pre-radio pre, pre the radio show. 
I said, I'm afraid what people do is they, they have their faith. They believe in Christ there. They have their ticket to heaven. And, but they won't share with other people. And that is kind of this attitude in my perspective is that I got mine and I don't care if you go to hell or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's not what he said for us to be. We're to be the salt and the light. And, and why did he put that on us? Yeah. Cause he, com- it's very interesting. The sermon I'm going to preach that he committed the act of reconciliation to us. Yes. It's our ministry to do. Yes. Not only were we ministered to be reconciled by somebody. Right. You know, you go back about, uh, you want to go back about 60 years ago. Somebody told me that if I didn't accept Christ, I was going to land in hell. I was five years old. Yeah. And I grasped the truth of that. I actually grasped it. I'm like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. I, I, whatever the re- whatever the resolution is to keep me from that spot. And then it was described to me, the love of Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And I'm like, well, who doesn't want that? Yeah. But now, you know, I was only five, so I was very simple minded. Yeah. I'm When you're an adult, you don't have to think that way. Oh, no, you have to think that way. Yeah. I want to convince you. I want to persuade you. Acts is full. The book of Acts, the establishment of the church, is full of the disciples and others persuading men to accept Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid we've gotten to where, well, you'll either get it or you won't. I don't have to persuade oh, we're, you. We're, we're culturally savvy these oh, days. And yeah, we've, we're too smart. Know, we're too smart for our own britches, really. Yeah. We're discussing evangelism, uh, actually the five E's of why are we here uh, uniquely and specifically as a church. And let me just mention, if you'd like to join the conversation, maybe we're sparking a question or two in your own mind about the church and why you're here. Well, you're more than welcome to join our conversation tonight at 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 888-367-5392, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And... Uh, We'll talk to you if you've got a question about what we're discussing here tonight on Lifeline. Our Truth For Today edition, we need to take a quick time out, pay some bills, check some news, and we will be back. We will be I've got to use Mr. Tongue and Mr. Lips together. They form That's words. Correct. Hold on, rented lips. We, we'll, we will be back. I'm supposed to be this announcer guy, right? I think so, yeah. Ah, we will be back after this here on Lifeline on KFAX. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com